Welcome to CBS This Morning. The Republican Party is celebrating a resounding victory in Tuesday's midterm elections. Republicans will control all of Congress for the next two years. CBS News projects the GOP added at least 10 seats in the House of Representatives. It could become the biggest Republican House majority since 1948. And Republicans are cheering a dramatic shift of power in the Senate. They will have at least 52 senators in the next Congress. So far, the GOP has picked up seven seats currently held by Democrats, including North Carolina, West Virginia, Arkansas, Iowa, South Dakota, Colorado, and Montana. And Democratic incumbents are in danger in three undecided races. Nancy Cordes is here with a party recharge. Nancy, good morning. Good morning, Nora. Yeah, they almost ran the table. We went into the night watching nine battleground races. Republicans won six of them. A seventh is headed to a runoff and the Republican is favored. An eighth hasn't been called, but it's leaning Republican. And they didn't just win what were supposed to be close races. They won big by eight points in Iowa, 18 points in Arkansas. That's not a squeaker. That's a landslide. Hello, everybody. Hey, Chris. Hey, Mr. Chase. Hey. So, uh, did you enjoy the uh, the politics porn last night? You know what? I uh, ev- every every election cycle, the major <laughs> ones, I always like watching because yeah, I know me too. Because I always like a to you know the the the, the rhetoric, the uh, the stories that are not really stories, but they're going to talk about yeah. them anyway. And and you know what I like about it, like especially like on CNN with Candy Crawley. It almost feels like you're watching a sports event where they start breaking yeah. down the players yeah. and and, the, and yeah. like yeah. really start getting in the analogies and pulling in like the historical references and then the, you know they can be completely wrong but they're just yeah. vamping to fill time. I love that. But then, but then we see these technological advances <laughs> that that are so you know they they're now incorporating holograms. Yeah, sure. Of they're course. incorporating virtual <laughs> sets beyond. Uh, you saw? No compare. I'm sure you saw. It's. I saw a lot of talk about it today on CNN. They had all surface pros. Yeah. But now it's yeah. come out like the side shots. They're, they're mostly uh, being iPads. used to prop up the iPads. Now, to be fair, you know, <laughs> you know, if, if I if, if I just gave you a surface, all right, maybe that you're, you're not a good example. Take someone but, who's okay. not involved in technology. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> all right. Hi and, there. And What's I, this? This looks nice. Oh, right. it has a built-in kickstand. Right. And, you know, you give it to somebody and maybe they don't even know how to use it. Like, they don't know, like, the different right. controls and things. Right. So that's not fair to throw it on them like that. Now, granted, I if know. they've had it for a while and they just say, no, I like my iPad. No, it's just... Like, I think it's also kind of adorable that Microsoft thinks the trendy way to market the Surface is to have CNN's hosts use yeah. them. Like, oh, that's going to that's gonna get me to buy them. <laughs> but on the, on the production... Is that, hey, is Jake Tapper using a Surface? Or the NFL deal where Microsoft right. threw down buttloads of money. And they, the announcers for the, you know, the sportscasters, you know, they keep saying iPads when they're really surfaces. Right, and right, like right. That. But, you know, last night, I, uh, first thing I thought was very interesting is CBS, which for me is not known for the politics of, of America. They were doing a prime time 7 p.m. Yeah, they were. I mean, on on television, yeah. uh, political coverage. Uh, I'm just thinking, this is weird. This doesn't happen. They did a interstitial coverage uh, during the election to sort of fill time, and I have one of our clips from them. Yeah, and uh, it's uh, funny you bring this up because the clip was broadcasted. This is totally behind the scenes stuff. But the I clip know. was broadcasted in the, in the wrong aspect ratio. It, like the whole oh. production felt like it wasn't their normal thing. Like Scott wasn't on a very well lit set. Like all of this. So you know like, what? Their set also was very weird to me. Like I don't know if you noticed video. it. 
Well, not only that, but they had like old relics like on shelves and stuff. Did you notice like the old yeah. TVs yeah. and old yeah. radios? Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, uh, so let's see here. Was it? Uh, and they called it the decision desk. They kept going to the decision. Oh yeah, desk. Every, no, they all had decision desk, man. Uh, Megan Kelly was going to her decision desk. You know what? Uh, the the funniest part, I guess, <laughs> out of all this, and this this is because of the of the great Al Gore debacle. Um, now, even if like someone has a fourteen point lead, yeah. Uh, well, we're still not going to call the ele- <laughs> we're not going to call. No, it's it not quite the yet. it's not the Al Gore thing. It's because Carl Rove got. So- oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. remember that. That's right. Uh, so uh, I don't, I don't, I have a clip. Maybe it's in the uh, overtime folder. But yeah, I, right. I, from that, and it, I, it really it sort of exemplifies everything you're talking but about. But they were up late. I mean, they were up late, and then they're right back next morning, except for obviously Scott Pelly to do the uh, do the, the morning, morning show. Yeah. Charlie and. Yeah. That other all the other yeah. people, yeah. All right, so here's where we're at. We're, now this is the day after the elections. Now for those of you across the pond, don't worry, we're not going to spend the whole show talking yes, about. Yes, we this. are. We're going to talk the whole show. about We're going to do some high level coverage, yep. wall uh, to wall. Uh, but there is some interesting things that develop. So uh, let's start with uh, Obama's statements today that just uh, were or aired on the uh, national news uh, a few minutes before we went live. Good evening on the first day of the new reality in Washington. A government that is about to become even more sharply divided. Voters have given Republicans control of both houses of Congress for the next two years, the last two years of the administration of Democratic President Barack Obama. The GOP won back the Senate by taking at least seven seats now held by Democrats. Three races are still undecided. The Republicans will have at least 52 seats in the new Senate, the Democrats at least 45. Mitch McConnell is expected to be the new majority leader in the Senate. Today, both he and the president said they will try to work together to get things done. (laughs) Try. And we have a series of reports tonight. First, Major Garrett at the White House. Major. After another midterm election drubbing, President Obama pledged no fundamental changes in his White House team or its tactics. If the, the way we are talking about issues isn't working, then I'm going to try some different things. And there are times where you're a politician and you're disappointed with election results. But maybe I'm just getting older. I don't know. It, it doesn't make... Now, <clears throat> maybe I'm just getting older. <laughs> what do you suppose would be the logical thing for him to say that's not completely and totally bullshit. Because <laughs> that's not what he's going to say. He's going to say something totally bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Mopey. Uh, it, it energizes me. It says So he says this This whole thing doesn't make him mopey. It energizes him. What? L- listen. Yeah, just four years ago, he was kind of giving the same speech anyway. But You're a politician, and you're disappointed with election results. But maybe I'm just getting older. I don't know. It, it, it doesn't make me... Mopey, uh, it, it energizes me. Yeah. The president said he will seek bipartisan compromise with the incoming Republican Congress, but he also vowed to act unilaterally to shield millions of undocumented workers from deportation by the end of this year. What I'm not going to do is just wait. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I think it's fair to say that I've uh, shown a lot of patience and have tried to work uh, on a bipartisan basis as much as possible. The likely Senate Majority Leader, Mitch McConnell of Kentucky, warned executive action on immigration would poison the well for future compromises. It's like waving a red flag in front of a bull to say, if you guys don't do what I want, I'm going to do it on my own. The president said he was hopeful he could cut deals with Republicans on trade, infrastructure and tax reform. 
McConnell said Republicans are looking to compromise on trade and tax reform, too, but no specifics are on the table. Man, doesn't McConnell look like a zombie? <laughs> well, especially when he talks, you know. Yeah, it sounds like he's you talking know. through his throat, his big, fat throat. And, you know, the thing is, is he is such a sellout. He is a zombie. I, he's a corporate puppet. Well, that's that's the thing. I mean, he. I hate to put labels on people, but he seems like the atypical Republican to me. What I'd like to do is to hear from the Republicans to find out what it is that they would like to see happen. Mr. Obama also asked that Congress in its upcoming lame duck session approve $6 billion in emergency funds to fight Ebola and provide new legal authority for the war against ISIS in Iraq and Syria. The president and McConnell do not have a strong personal relationship. Now, uh, <laughs> you know... Wow, uh, really? Yeah. Uh, this is funny. So they're making a lot of hay out of this comment that uh, Obama made earlier today. And watch when, when, when Major here makes reference to it. Watch sort of the smirky swagger he gets about himself. And a year ago, the president joked about the absurdity of negotiating with McConnell over a drink. Now the president says he wants to share some Kentucky bourbon with the senator, anticipating the question, Scott... White House advisors insist, however, no bourbon summit is planned. Major oh, look at him. Look at him. Look at him. He's hopping. He was hopping. Dude. No bourbon summit yeah. was planned. He was hopping. Uh, so uh, he, uh, for some reason, C- uh, CBS decided not to play the clip, but here is the I clip. I would enjoy having some uh, Kentucky bourbon uh, with Mitch McConnell. Uh, I don't know what his preferred drink is, but... Uh, uh, you know, my my interactions with Mitch McConnell, he... Now, my impression of Obama is, uh, so he's supposed to be the most powerful man in the world, right? In the free world. Supposedly. Uh, he is sucking up in this clip. Listen to him sucking up to him. Well, like, he's, he's being friendly he, because he knows... He's been whooped. He's been whooped. But what's, what's fascinating to me is... Uh, I don't know. I guess I didn't expect the tail quite so firmly between the legs. Listen to this clip. He has always been very straightforward with me. Uh, To his credit, he has never uh, made a promise that he couldn't deliver. You know, like the fiscal cliff shut down. And, uh, you know, he knows the legislative process well. You know, like (laughs) knows how to play politics. Uh, he obviously knows his caucus well. He got reelected. Uh, you know, he's always given me, I think, realistic assessments of uh, what he can get through his caucus and what he can't. Uh, and so I think we can have a productive relationship. Isn't, I would that, enjoy ha- isn't that just weird? Yeah, it's... I don't well, know. Well, I mean, here's the thing. He's He's got to come out guns a-blazing. And the reason why he has to... Is because in two years, your buddy, mm-hmm. your your friend, my buddy, your friend Hillary Clinton, <laughs> Hill Dow, is going to be running, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and so if she's going to be running up going against Chris Christie and all these other <laughs> Jeb Bush, Jeb Bush, can't wait for that one. And uh, uh, Ryan, uh, and Paul Ryan, Paul Ryan. You yeah, know, all these all these great Republican candidates right. are going to go against Hill Dog. You know, Hill Dog versus lay, he's got to lay Ryan. it down now. He's got to lay it down now because if he doesn't. You know who you missed. Start. You know who you missed. Who, who did I miss? You missed Ted Cruz. Oh, that's Ted true. Cruz. That's true. Is, and Ted Cruz, he's he's slimier than all of them. <laughs> uh, this guy creeps me out, and he's smooth. He's 
He is the most insincere bastard. And and the problem is, <clears throat> Ted Cruz is the most insincere when he should be the most sincere. And I have a perfect example for you. Do you agree, as a senator, that our founders were under some kind of a a powerful umbrella of of divine providence influence in them? It was from the founding of our country. Uh, America has enjoyed God's providential blessing. I mean, mean, at every stage, when, when, when 56 men signed their lives, fortunes, and sacred honor, signing the Declaration of Independence declaring war on the mightiest army on the face of the planet, that made no sense by earthly logic. There was no way on earth this ragtag bunch of colonies could prevail, and yet we did. When the Declaration and Constitution were drafted, they were drafted on the knees of the Founding Fathers through prayer. Mm-hmm. If, you look, if you look at the Civil War... Mm-hmm. A, a... Now, before we get to the Civil War... Now, one of the things that the Founding Fathers are sort of famous for is making sure that there was a separation between church and state. Yeah, absolutely. So that's sort of what he's saying there. Like, give you religious freedom, but separate it out from the rule of law. But religious freedom was... Was the reason they left? That was yeah. one of them. That was the catalyst to why they left. It was it was fundamental to their belief structure. So what he's saying fundamentally misrepresents their beliefs. But we continue on. Now he'll tell us how the Civil War was great. If you look, if you look at the Civil War, a, a bloody war, a brother against brother that spilled gallons of blood. And listen to the language, right? The language, it's rich, it's thick, it's a narrative, it's telling a story, it's descriptive. Right. It's words, like when you talk about deaths in the Civil War, you and I, if we were just talking by ourselves, we normally wouldn't use the vernacular, spilled gallons, gallons, gallons of, blood. of blood. No, but he's... We have used the term brother versus brother. But he's, but, he's yeah. generating imagery, he's constructing... He's painting a picture. His his father's a pastor, right? He's got this... He's got this cadence. He's got this cadence and this yep. storytelling ability, and yep. he has this, and he's in this zone working to expunge the original sin of this nation that was slavery. That civil war should have ripped this country apart forever. And, and it was only with God's blessing yes, sir. that this country came back together. And World War II, standing up against the grotesque evil mm-hmm. that was the Nazis. Again, God shined his grace on this nation. The American people rose to save the free world. You go to the 1980s where with Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher and Pope John Paul II, we won the Cold War without firing a shot. At every stage... How much much of this do you think he's playing up to the show and the audience that he's presenting to? This is what I'm saying about Ted Cruz. He is an insincere bastard. You never know. And when he needs to be the most sincere, he is the least sincere. And if you get this guy running for president... He's going to have But you know what he he won't he won't get the vote. And the reason why he won't get the vote is a lot of people while they you know the majority of people in this country believe in a religion, Christianity or some other form. They don't want that mixed in politics because at that point you're 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 treading on this weird ground where it's not a matter of rule of law anymore. It's a matter of oh 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 oh. It's almost like you know what clip I have next, which is funny because you don't. Uh, so, I don't. Yeah. So Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz has an argument for that too. Oh, of course he does. It is, and I and again, this is not. I do not want to take this. In fact, I wasn't even necessarily going to play this. I was leaving these in the overtime folder. Oh, okay. Because uh, I, I don't. 
This is not meant to be an anti-religion segment on the show. No, no. And, and when we get in that, then... Yeah. That's not what I'm doing here. No. What I'm hoping we are illustrating is that a lot of times that these channels can be manip- manipulated by politicians to get to the ends of what they want. Right. And so Ted Cruz... Wait, so what you're saying is Ted Cruz is proposing this unholy interchange of church and state. Chet, Ted Cruz's argument is is that it is the biblical obligation of fundamentalists to vote. It is not only critically important, but but it is a scriptural command. Uh, you, you know, there are, are, are roughly 90 million self-described evangelical Christians in the United States. Of those 90 million, only 50% are registered to vote. Of those, about half are showing up and voting. And half of those probably uninformed. And that means nearly 70 million evangelical Christians have been staying home. Now, look, if people of faith stay home, is it any wonder we have the government we have today? You know, you mentioned my dad. My dad, a couple of years ago, God really laid on his heart a burden for pastors. And and he spends, he travels the country speaking at pastors' conferences. And he's got a hard message. It's not an easy message. And, and the message he conveys to pastors is, is that God convicted him that no one bears more responsibility for where this country is than pastors. That, that if the flock stumbles into the ditch, you don't blame the sheep. You blame the shepherd. And the word commands us to be salt and light. And you can't be salt unless you are in contact with what you're there to preserve. You can't be light if you're hidden under a bushel. And and I think far too many people of faith have said, you know what, politics is a dirty business. I don't need to worry myself about it. And can you imagine how different our country would be if an additional 70 million evangelical Christians simply showed up and voted biblical values? Now I have uh, the rest of the clips. I know they they like that. They make it nice and dramatic. That's the rightwingwatch.org site. Uh, So you can see how he's sort of manipulating those buttons to get people to come out and and make make these things deeper than they are. See, you know, here's the thing, you know, I – you know, I like you, I, I don't want to get involved in a, a religious politic but, uh, well, war. I, but keep it on Ted Cruz because this has yeah. been a big win for him. I mean, and and a lot of people are talking about him now post-election and starting with 2016. And everybody says now the 2016 race begins. But you know what you always say, Chase? You know what? All right, let's look at this really creepy clip from CNN. They're doing these clips now. It's part of their new Is this mix-up. the online thing? Or? I don't know. I don't know if this is online only or not. Okay. Uh, I picked right. it up off their website. And it's. have you heard about the term that's being thrown around this election called dark money? It's the no. dark money in elections. Well, you love hearing about the money. So oh, here's yes. some of the numbers. These are really important elections. And the reason they're so important is that the Senate hangs in the balance. Right now, Democrats control the Senate, Republicans want to control the Senate, and that has made these very important elections very expensive. I mean, these things are going to cost $4 billion before we're over. $4 billion, it's a lot of money. Most of us can't wrap our heads around it. It's like Bill Gates money, right? So the kinds of things you you could do with $4 billion, you could put 24,000 kids through K-12 education. Just on this election cycle. $4 billion is 10 times more than the government has said they're going to spend on Ebola. And you could build 100 Ebola treatment centers with that kind of money. All right, you get the idea. The rest is in the uh, supporters. See, thing. I have a simple, well, one of the, I, I have many mm. ideas to solve this problem. 
But first off, we need to – I don't know, and, and this is one of those things where I don't know how we could get something like this passed because this would cannibalize the politician structure that we have today. But we need to have term limits mm. for everything. We already have them for the president, two four-year terms, fine. But we need to have them for our senators. We need to have them for our House of Representatives. They you know were what, never meant to be career politicians. You know what I would like to get from, from the audience? Uh, when I talk about this with Alan and I, and other folks from out there, uh, peop, there's there are countries where a lot of the elections are publicly funded. And yeah. so there's just a cap. Like the UK is a and great so example. I would like to hear maybe a good reason why the U.S. shouldn't be using that system. Uh, granting... Like there's problems with taxes and all that, but I would like because it seems to me that that would be the way to sort of to neutralize this. Uh, I got a couple. Are we okay? Can we stay on this for a couple more minutes? Yeah, yeah. So I, I want to frame why these midterm elections actually matter. It's not. I mean, because let's be honest, the clowns that get in and the clowns that go out, they're all bought by the same corporate masters. If you believe that, you probably you probably all mostly believe that. For the most part, these guys are all bought and sold by the same corporations, the same lobbyists. It doesn't really matter. There is something, though, long-term that now changes. With the taking of the U.S. Senate by 52 to 45, did Republicans also just take control of the federal courts as well? Well, kind of, in a way. This is a big deal that could affect every American, no matter where you live. Join us right now, Fox News legal analyst Peter Johnson Jr. All right, Peter, explain and you're right, that. Steve, it's a huge, huge matter of importance to all the American people because this could spell the end of the president's plan to pack the federal courts with really liberal federal judges and even Supreme Court just, justices going forward. Mm -hmm. So we know that the president has appointed and the Senate has confirmed about 280 federal judges. Right. And they've been more liberal than any group in any time, really, in, in, in the past. Right. Um, the components are a, a huge um, a number of minority appointments, more than President Bush uh, before him, uh, more women, and much more liberal. We expect about 90 appointments during the rest of the president's term. All right, let's pause here. So in the rest of Obama's term, there's going to be 90 more federal judge appointments. This really matters, right? Yeah. Because guess what? They got to go through the Senate. Right. And under the Constitution, the Senate must confirm those federal judiciary appointees, right. including the Circuit Courts of Appeal, which in 2008, 12 or 13 were controlled by the Republicans. Now, nine of the 13 controlled by the Democrats. So it's very important for the next three and four decades about how justice is done in this country. Because even though the Republicans have had control of the House for a couple... This guy seems giddy, doesn't he? <laughs> he just seems so giddy right now. Couple years. The House didn't weigh in on the judicial appointments. Just the Senate. Senate. With Harry Reid in charge, right. everybody the president wants, boom, Absolutely. And so what will happen now is we will see less liberal, less progressive candidates put forward by the president for appointment to the federal judiciary mm -hmm. if he actually wants those folks to be appointed. So there'll be a softening in terms of the hard liberal edge of some of the appointees in the federal court. Now, something else to keep in mind. Remember, Chase, your buddy. My good uh, friend. Eric Holder announced his resignation. That's also going to have to get approved. So whoever. And it would be interesting to see maybe the person that they want to get through isn't maybe as pro-marijuana. Uh, all right. So there's that. There We have more clips in the show notes. I got one thing I want to. Maybe a couple more things. And then we got to get into our ISIS stuff because there's a lot there. But, ISIL, Chris. Uh, let's do a little follow-up. 
And then I want to play a story that's kind of like our make good. It's, it's something that's been going on all year that we haven't talked about because who the hell knows what it means. But you know the old saying, Chase, where there's a shit ton of smoke. There's fire. Yeah. Did I scare you? Yeah, I got excited. A little bit. But first, <laughs> you remember uh, you remember Ferguson and all the protests? Oh, yeah. During that. Oh, I know what you're going to. The no-fly zone? Yeah, yeah. Turns out, guess what? What? That no-fly zone wasn't about protecting the people. No. no it was about suppressing information. This morning, hearing the audio that could signal a First Amendment breach by the Ferguson, Missouri Police Department. The recordings indicate police put a no-fly zone in place to stop media helicopters from covering protests after the death of Michael Brown. Union Nair is here with the department's response. Manita, good morning. Good morning. Law enforcement claimed that the no-fly zone was meant to maintain safety, not to keep media out of the sky. But these recordings appear to contradict that. Now, I, there, there, if their coverage of this, really, I feel at this point, like, I don't understand why they don't go after these efforts. Like, yeah. I, if, like again, like the way the Obama administration is going after journalists and, and really cracking down on journalism, like, and, and the, the mainstream media just says nothing about that. They, they say nothing until they quit, and then they, then they talk about it. And then here, there's, uh, once again, we have obvious evidence of preventing the media from doing their job. You think on the face of it, they would be upset because it just makes it harder for them to make money. You'd think they'd just be upset because they're making less money, but they don't care because they still make all the money because we all still watch it. So they just go complicitly along and say nothing, and then they play the obvious audio evidence that indicts them, and then they go, huh, maybe. The commander at St. Louis County wanted three miles and 8,000 feet, and I talked him down to three and five. Um, they finally admitted it really was to keep the media out. <laughs> That was an FAA official describing the no-fly zone. That so an FAA official yep. on an audio recording admits that the no-fly zone was to keep the media out, okay? It was negotiated between law enforcement and the FAA days after Michael Brown was killed in Ferguson, Missouri. More than 37 square miles of airspace was restricted <laughs> in August for 12 days during the unrest. In another recording, an FAA official can be heard asking a colleague whether the flight restrictions were truly related to safety. Are they protecting aircraft from small arms fire or something, or do they think they're just going to keep the, the, uh, the press out of there, which they can't do? Um, they, I believe, is protecting the aircraft from small arms fire. I mean, I apologize. I wasn't here when it went into effect to begin with. <laughs> The Associated Press says the recordings raise serious questions about uh. whether police use the government's no-fly zone as a tool to violate the First Amendment rights. And the other thing is this is not the first time we have seen this. ...of journalists. St. Louis County Police Chief John Belmar insists <laughs> the temporary flight restrictions were put in place to keep the public as well as pilots safe, not to keep media no, out. No, no. The FAA started this conversation with the police department because of the number... Of, uh, of shots that were fired. This was reported. We have air crews that talk about seeing muzzle flashes. Ooh, muzzle flashes. Uh, from the ground. They don't At a press conference are. on Monday, Chief Belmar was asked about the recording. Uh, Chief, why are you sweating so much? I think they're taken out of context. And I think they're, I think probably they're informal conversations that wow, happen. Wow, did you between... notice his skin on his face just turned? Look, look at Super his, red. Look how red his yeah. face is compared to his yeah. hands. Yeah. Just saying. And, and it's, he's sweating. Somebody there and, and somebody saying, red well, I guess clip. it's just the media. I can't explain that, to be honest with you, because I wasn't there. 
We contacted the FAA for comment about this story, and it gave us a statement. When local law enforcement reports a danger to aircraft, including guns fired into the air that could impact low-flying aircraft, the FAA will always err on the side of safety. So I guess what they're trying to claim is that the public was just recklessly... They were shooting at aircraft. What a bunch of crap. What a bunch of crap. All right, so uh, now this next story is something that we've been failing to follow. Right. I don't admit to that very often, Chase. Maybe, actually, we've made mention in the supporter show. So there have been, and I have have more information in the show notes. Maybe you can find the story. Mm -hmm. There have been, like, up to 16 firings of the top brass Mm -hmm. in the U.S. Nuclear Command structure. Big, high-profile firings for all kinds of different reasons. Like, one guy cheated at a casino. Uh, Another guy was drinking too much. Another guy, the most recent one, made a comment to a... To a pregnant officer that was inappropriate, boom, fired. Top guys, top brass. It's like a whole cleaning of house. It's been nuts. And so I don't who knows what the hell's going on here. I'd love to hear the audience's theories, but this clip talks a little bit about it. Now to a scandal rocking the Air Force. Two commanders in charge of our nuclear missiles have been fired. The military calling it a loss of confidence. Now they will imply there has been other firings. They fail to mention there have been 16 other firings of high-level officials, but they imply there have been other ones. And their leadership, this is the latest setback for this group of elite officers, and ABC's Martha Raditz is here. See, this group of elite officers. Has the latest on all this for us. Good morning, Martha. Good morning, Robin. I think people forget that there are 450 nuclear-tipped missiles across America's... Did you forget that? Uh, yeah, let me put that back in my phone. <laughs> planes. I was there last year visiting one of those nuclear facilities. They had real leadership problems then. They have real leadership problems now. Apparently, these two commanders relieved of duty, one for saying to a pregnant Air Force worker that her career would be negatively affected by pregnancy. So that's why he was fired. Now, I'm not saying he should say that. But he shouldn't lose his entire military career over it. Yeah, of like like forty years. Or yeah, some, yeah. I mean, maybe the guy was a total d bag and he needed to go, but that's an obvious well, I recently, reason, right? I, mean, I, I, I uh, heard of a lieutenant commander just being relieved of duty because he had a calendar uh, created with uh, you know nicely you know bikini clad women with tanks and stuff, and he was relieved of duty. Oh, so maybe they really do relieve you for crap like that. <laughs> I mean, that just seems like. It seems like they always let that stuff slide at that at that level. It seems like when you choose to fire somebody at that level over something like that, it's an excuse to fire them. Right. And also some just verbal abuse. And they've had real problems in the past with gambling, drugs. So that's the implication about the other guys that have been fired. That's all they're really going to say about it, though. Alcohol and cheating, they're trying to clean that up right now. And people know, are the missiles secure when you have this kind of behavior? Well, well, one of the things they told me when I was there earlier this year is absolutely this will not affect the security. Of course. Uh, and we're, we're Why would it? That. Oh, no, yeah, no. That's a no. small yeah. thing to be thankful for. No, what affects thankful. the security is the horrible facilities and the uh, underfunding and the uh, bad training. That's what, that's what affects the security. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just thought that was interesting. Uh, who, who, who knows, what do you right? What do you think the theory is? Is this to uh, get out those career military? F- I I don't know. I mean, wh- why would you? What's there's got to be a catalyst, right? Yeah, there would have to be. Yeah, it's been very targeted. It's been it's been like I mean, yeah, you could probably easily make the argument that military has a lot of uh, cleaning to do, like house cleaning, right? But 
the fact that they've all been in this particular area is pretty interesting, I think. Yeah, that's... It's not it, makes, like, it makes you think, though. Yeah. Uh, maybe the audience has a theory. Send it in. Mm. Unfiltered, jupiterbroadcasting.com, or better yet. Post un- it to the un- unfiltered yeah. subreddit. What is that, Chase? Uh, that's uh, unfiltered.reddit.com. Oh! Word. Uh, all right. So before we get into the ISA stuff, I had one story to kind of transition us. Uh, the Afghan police force has been reported to need to sell their own arms to the Taliban in order to raise money to buy beans for their family. Oh. This is, I, this is the story. $68 billion. That's the sum of money the U.S. government has spent on spying. Oh, yeah. That's why I like this clip, because I know you always like to get the numbers here. So uh, $68 billion this year on uh, intelligence spying, $50 billion non-military, $17 billion on military. So we're spending more on non-military intelligence than we are on military. This year, the increased budget was shared between the national intelligence and military programs. But as it's a secret service information on where the taxpayer dollars are being spent, well, that remains classified. Afghanistan has also been a big money pit during the 13 years that NATO and U.S. forces have been there. Hundreds of billions of dollars have been spent on all kinds of weapons and ammunition to help troops and local soldiers fight the Taliban. NATO's new chief has branded the campaign a success. But as RT's Marina Portnaya reports now, a lot of the high-tech gear used is slowly finding its way to the insurgents. Yeah, so uh, there, I'll leave the rest of the clip in the in the uh, show notes because we need to move on. But essentially, the clip breaks down that a lot of the gear that we've put in Afghanistan is not going to ISIS. ISIL. Uh, hey, Chase, before we get into our ISIS yes, ISIL coverage, uh, would you tell... You snuck that in there. Would you, could you tell people about uh, Patreon.com slash Unfilter and why we have such a thing? Now, Patreon is a, is a beautiful place. And the reason why it's so beautiful... It's sort of like a cornucopia... Of beautifulness. The reason why Patreon exists really is is for those content creators like ourselves, let you guys directly get involved in participating in what we're trying to do here. And that is to create a show about the news, about the headlines, about the things that you really need to know about in a completely unfiltered point of view, so to speak. Yeah, with no agenda to certain to drive like uh, clicks and, and uh, clickbait. Yeah. Uh, there's the no there's no need to sort of make sure that every single week we're hitting a certain number so we can charge a sponsor a certain amount. We don't have an Obama or other presidential administration trying to influence what we're trying to say. And it's also just you also know that if we get something wrong, it's not with the intention to deceive you. It's because we got it wrong, and we'll likely get it right in the next episode. Right. It's also a platform for you to have your voice heard, and it's it's something that we're trying to make where the people that are are really the the number that we worry about, the people that we have to make sure are happy, are just three hundred and forty two people, or however right. many people we have on our Patreon page. Yeah. And when you think about it in terms of a show that we're releasing on the internet, that'll be available forever, that talks about the things that happen in our current events today. It's a running record, <laughs> if you and will. And the fact yeah. that the only people that we have to make happy are those 342 people, yep. it fundamentally alters the recipe of how you put a show together. That's right. And that's what's incredible at Patreon. And that's why all of the mainstream media fails, and that's why we're going to get it right. And that's why we've been going for 121 episodes now. Now, the, the great thing about Patreon, by the way, is if you decide to jump on board and become a patron to us... We're going to give you some perks as thank yous, really, for supporting us. First, we're going to give you access to a cool thing called the Overtime Folder. Yes. This the sync of source files, every single clip, everything yep. that you hear on this show, yep. and the things that we don't have time to get into the show, yeah. you get access to. And I want to encourage all of our supporters, those of you who haven't subscribed to that, grab that BitTorrent sync key because, you know, let's... 
the more people that get on this, the longer this archive of clips and current events, in the, and they are structured, they are laid out, in the, in they follow a formula. There's also supplemental information that goes into more detail in, in other folders. There's all of the source code to every single episode. And when you, when you are a supporter and you grab that key, you are helping distribute the backup. You are helping distribute the record of this show. And then there's also, if you really want to go all in, because you, you can't just get the supporter show itself, but sure. if you want to go all in and get all of the files too, you're also then going to get the MP3 and MP4 of each episode in that one folder. Get so you get, you get all of the yeah. clips, all of the artwork, even the artwork like that I reject that we didn't use for the cover art, all of it in, in the key in, with that one supporter's uh, sync key. And you get the support, and you get the full show too. Yeah. So it's like the ultimate way to get the whole show experience. Yeah. And you get yeah. to dig through and get like sometimes if we cut a clip short, you can go listen to the whole thing. Now here, here's the one thing that I always like to throw out there, and uh, you know we we've heard this term from uh, Adam Curry. He says value for value, right? I like that. It's it, it's one of those things that I will be frank and steal from him because it's such a good statement. If you feel that we provide great value to you in what you're listening. Consider becoming a Patreon. Not at, you don't have to become one at five dollars or at thirty three dollars. Those those would be great to get those perks and privileges. Maybe just one dollar, one dollar a month. And if every single person who you know listens to the show and you download it and you're like, I hate these guys, or yeah, these, guys, <laughs> or you know, but you know, hey, people are going to yeah, okay. disagree, or okay. or or people like, yeah, these guys are on point, or or at least we got you thinking. Yeah. Then jump on board and become yeah. a patron, just yeah. even at one dollar a month, because every, all of you combined, put together, there would be nothing more that make me happier. If I was able to look down at this milestone goal, which, by the way, we have one big goal here, five off 5000 yeah. per month. I do, by the way, have an idea for something sort of in Like between. a midterm goal? I was thinking about uh, potentially hiring a producer for the show to help me with the workload. Because yeah. uh, I have a few more things I want to do for the show. And then eventually, if we go twice a week, I really think it would be helpful to have somebody on board. Yeah. Uh, so I was thinking about adding a mid-level milestone so if we start seeing our, our patron number tick up, I think I might restructure that and have somebody that could help me do some of the prep and some of the research because then we could bring even more in. Yeah. Uh, and then we would be really ready to hit the ground running when we went to twice a week. So that's something I've been thinking about adding. And what's really awesome is that allows us to just – we can scale the production of this show right. based on the, the response we get there. Yeah. And if people invest in our show, then we can immediately turn that around and invest right back into it ourselves. So I mean, we can make that happen. There, there are so many things, you know, uh, Chris and I uh, have have dreamed. We've talked. Uh, we, we talk pretty much daily uh, as far as what we feel that we want to do, not only with the show, uh, but involvement with JB and everything. And it's one of those things where if we had full support from you guys, uh, you know, Unlimited, unlimited things could possibly happen, and it's it's one of those things that you know. Yeah, unfiltered roadshow. What? What? Did what? I say something about yeah, the unfiltered roadshow? Yeah, yeah. Unfiltered roadshow. You know, we'd be able to go do things and go to different places. Yeah. Uh, you guys know Chris. Chris, he he does this every day here, and not just on Filter, but other great shows on JB. I'm I'm still, you know, I'm still working full time, but it's one of those. Yeah. The more you know. But it's one of those things that, you know, if we could get every person who listens to the show to put a dollar, just a dollar into the pod, 
We'd be there. Yeah, it'd be awesome. We would be there. We would. I mean, you, it would go to making this uh, like a full time focus where we could go really do some amazing things. Yeah, and and so and and yeah. I think we can be. You know, we we, we like the dream. And we, we can really be real. Well, and on the way there, we can be realistic <laughs> about it. And I think we start that by getting some production help. Then we move on to twice a week. Yeah. Then we move on to getting serious about uh, really be able to afford some things that could take us to the next level. Yeah. And I think if you guys have followed us long enough, you have an idea of what that could be and why that could be awesome. Patreon.com slash unfilter invest in this show. Instead of buying that coffee that one morning, (laughs) you could just a dollar. A dollar. Instead of that double cheeseburger from that McDonald place. Yeah, you know what everybody always says, Chase, is nobody bombs as politely as the Canadians bomb. (laughs) Canada's launched a first round of airstrikes against Islamic State positions in Iraq. The country joined the U.S.-led anti-jihadist coalition on Thursday. Fighter jets have targeted militants in the western province of Anbar then. Despite the ongoing coalition strikes, Islamic State has managed nonetheless to seize Sunni tribe positions in the region after months of fighting. The Iraqi authorities say the body of over 300 members of the community there, including women and children, were discovered in a mass grave. Islamic State is also battling the Iraqi army in the north in a bid to maintain control over captured oil facilities, which are a key source of income. All right, now listen up. Now we're going to talk about oil a little bit, everybody. For the group, the jihadists even now have a job offer for a professional to manage the seized refineries. ISIS has a job offer to manage the sieged Refineries. Is this, on, is this on LinkedIn? <laughs> I don't know, man. Dice.com? <laughs> to emerge today in the last few days that Islamic State's scouring North Africa for a suitable candidate to oversee production. In return, the jihadists are offering over $200,000 a year as a salary. you got to be shitting Before me. that, i got to go, like, Chris. <laughs> I, hey, man, I'm sorry. There's the, I'm employer, out of here. Look what they have here. Employer, I love how all-in RT is on this. Empl- they, employer Islamic State. Position oil refinery manager. Salary, 225 k a year. Do, do they have a 401k match? I, uh, good health benefits? I hope so. I mean, that'd be great. I bet. I think this Company is, car? Yeah, I know. Company truck. Oh. <laughs> Toyota. <laughs> Toyota. Candidate will have to be a skilled industry professional. Oh, that's you, man. You're a skilled yeah, professional. I'm skilled. Voted to Islamic State's ideology. Oh. oh. Let's have a look at uh, what the black gold means here and what that person could be in charge of. In Iraq, Islamic State's in control of oil facilities near the town of Baji, as well as uh, smaller facilities near nearby Tikrit. In Syria, they've seized vast areas in the oil-rich central and northern regions too, taking over oil fields and refineries there. And let's now look at exactly how this oil is therefore helping finance the terror group. How are they selling it? Get- I wish this guy was a better presenter, but I feel like this is important information. Yeah. Uh, so let's just all take a break. Yeah, I think he's got an iPad. Let's go on. The money back in return. Well, according to the U.S. Treasury Department, Islamic State gets at least a million dollars a day. Now, that is according to the U.S. Treasury Department. Interesting that RT, and by the way, this is not U.S. RT. This is out of Moscow RT, is quoting. I think this is amazing. Actually, the RT, based out of Moscow, is quoting a figure from, from the, the U.S. From the U.S. Treasury Department. Yeah. From those seized refineries, they're selling oil at less than half the market price. So they're selling it at twenty-five to sixty dollars a barrel. Oil is hovering above seventy right now. That's how they're doing it, which is currently around eighty-five dollars a barrel. Incidentally, it's gone down lately. According to U.S. sources, the oil's being then sold to middlemen and then on to Turkish Kurds and the Syrian government. Who are those middlemen? And while Washington considers bombing the wells to cut the Islamists' cash flows, some experts say doing that would harm civilians. 
there was some criticism, in fact, by some non-governmental organizations who said that the bombing of these facilities would do a lot of damage. It's going to take time uh, to rebuild them, and this basically will hurt the population. I think, so an NGO is saying that if you bomb these, it's going to take time to rebuild them. Uh, of both countries, and also there may be uh, some consequences for bombing oil facilities, uh, which would launch certain chemical or gas that would also hurt the health of the population. So there are a number of issues uh, when it comes to this uh, to this matter. Yeah, because all of a sudden we care about the civilians. <laughs> That's a thing all of a sudden. Remember all the oil wells that burnt after the initial yeah, Iraq yeah, war, yeah. and they burnt for like literally <laughs> months yes. and months, Thank and they you. had to send special teams teams and yeah. to cap them. Maybe that's what they're worried about. Maybe they actually learned a lesson. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, this has just slipped into this report. Uh, so, so far, you know, we've been in Iraq, but very limited and, and, and just as total advisors, guys. Not And we've got boots, but they're advisor boots. They're not like combat boots, so it's not the same thing. They're boots in a tent. So now what we're going to do is send like a lot more advisors into a way bigger area, but it's still totally cool, everybody. Anbar is one of the most volatile provinces in Iraq. A powerful base for ISIS just west of Baghdad. And scene of some of the fiercest fighting. <laughs> including the ISIS... Ma- Dude, look at they're calling out the actual YouTube I channel. Know. That's great. ...massacre of 400 Sunni tribesmen in just two days this week. Now the Pentagon is developing a plan to send U.S. military advisors... Now listen, the Pentagon is developing a plan to send U.S. military advisors... ...to Anbar. A senior U.S. military official tells CNN, quote, This will better enable the Iraqi security forces to protect themselves and to take the fight to ISIS. We need to, to expand the train, advise, and assist mission into the, into the Al-Anbar province. But the precondition for that is that the government of Iraq is willing to arm the tribes. By the way, arm the tribes? We have positive indications that they are. Oh, so, okay. Um. But we haven't begun to do it yet. The plan, if implemented, would expand the military's so-called train and assist mission beyond Baghdad and Erbil. All right, let's stop here. So you see those two dots on the map? Yep. That's where our advisors are right now i would like you to observe the area our our advisors will be now going to two cities that are relatively safe from isis to anbar province that entire area of iraq which is a huge province is now where our advisors will be operating of which isis now controls some 80 percent so that is a huge area a gigantic chunk of iraq that isis controls 80 percent of that sounds extremely dangerous that sounds like shots are going to be fired that sounds like we are have ourselves a bad situation and iraqi forces clearly need their help this week as hundreds of sunni tribesmen were slaughtered in anbar iraqi forces were confined to defensive positions a posture the pentagon says will not change for months Local tribal leaders complain they're desperate for the Iraqi military's help. I contacted them and they did not say no to me. (laughs) Hold on. Is this Dylan? Are they interviewing Dylan? I was going to say, that was was a direct translation. Was that correct? Let's play that back. 
I contacted them and they did not say no to me. I was promised airstrikes by the Iraqi Air Force, but it did not happen. Daddy, you told me you would get me an eagle angry bird for Christmas, and I didn't get an eagle angry that bird for Christmas. That did not happen. I am Sending not happy. Sending U.S. advisors to Anbar would say military officials opened the door to the establishment of an Iraqi National Guard, including Sunni tribes seen as crucial to undermining ISIS's support among Iraq's embattled Sunni minority. A National Guard. It's important that the Iraqi security forces continue to reach out to the Sunni tribes on their own and oh, to yeah. bring them into the fold. Right. Bring them into the fold, Chase. Uh, uh, so there you go. So we're gonna we're sending uh, way more troops into a way bigger area. Uh, now, can we do? Uh, let's just let's do a little. I feel like we're in a good debunking mode. There has. Do you remember a long time ago? Uh, if you go back in the archives, you can find it, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know how far back you have to go, but I said, you watch. They will build a narrative around ISIS that some of the biggest and baddest from ISIS came from a prison and that they were ex-jails and it's going to make them real, real me. I said that's going to... Yeah, yeah. Here we go. We got word today of oh, the... this is the clip oh, I said, by yeah, the way. The, yeah. the weird aspect ratio. Yeah. Alleged torture of young boys at the hands of ISIS terrorists in Syria. Now, this is horrible. ISIS terrorists in Syria torturing young boys. ISIL has nothing at all to do with the rest of the clip. Human Rights Watch says 150 boys were abducted on their way to school exams. Some said they were beaten with electric cables because they're from a religious minority. This year, ISIS seemed to come out of nowhere as it grabbed about a third of Iraq and Syria. But where did ISIS start? Here we go. Clarissa Ward has traced its roots back to a U.S. military prison. Carissa is our CBS ISIS Camp expert. Camp Buka was known as the largest and one of the toughest American prisons in Iraq. Okay. Oh, we need a letter! As a vicious insurgency raged across the country, Buka's numbers swelled. But there is growing evidence that the sprawling prison was also the birthplace of ISIS. According to a CBS News investigation, oh. at least 12 of the top leaders of ISIS served time at Camp Buka, including the man who would become the group's leader, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi. We obtained photos of 10 of them in Buka's yellow prison jumpsuits. At the time, few predicted that Baghdadi would become one of the world's most wanted men. Tell me I did not call all of this. Did I not call all of this? You called it. You call he spent it. only 10 months at Camp Buka for an unknown crime. But during his time there, he would have rubbed shoulders with some of the most dangerous Islamic extremists. Of course. I think it's undeniable that one of the main causes of ISIS's explosive growth after 2010 was Buka. It's where they <laughs> met. It's where they planned. Patrick Skinner is a former CIA case officer who spent time in Iraq. It's so neat. It's so perfectly laid out for all of us. It so beautifully retroactively builds the ISIS narrative because they had to bring them out so fast. I mean, really, if you look at the rollout of ISIS to the public, this was a masterpiece done faster than anything we've ever seen. Al-Qaeda took years and years to build up. And ISIS was done in Boom, three months and you've got ISIS. And so now we're retroactively building back that narrative where they came from and rooting them in the scariest place possible. Everybody could see what was happening, but nobody could do anything about it. U.S. officials who worked at Buka told us they were concerned that prisoners were becoming radicalized. <laughs> the prison has been described as a pressure cooker for extremism. Maybe it's because they were being kept in a prison. And that wasn't the only problem. <laughs> 
It was at Buka that an unexpected and powerful alliance was formed between the Islamic extremists and the Ba'athists loyal to Saddam Hussein, who were angry at losing power. You put them together and you get a mixing of organized military discipline with highly motivated, highly active ideological fervor, and the result is what we see today. Yeah, there you go, Chase. There you go. So uh, just not shocked. I guess it's probably inappropriate to keep patting myself on the back, but I wanted to play that. Yeah, I know. Uh, all right, couple of more, uh, couple more things to get in the ISIS category, and then we're gonna get out of here. Uh, what you need to worry about right now, Chase, is lone wolves and foreign fighters. Ow. The intensity of the fighting in Kobani grabs attention. The intensity of the fighting grabs attention. Did it get your attention? Oh, that got my attention. By the way, election night. But behind the scenes, a huge new worry for the U.S. That's a huge In the last third. six weeks, 1,000 new foreign fighters streamed into Syria. 1,000 new foreign fighters streamed into Syria. You know, these airstrikes, uh, man, they're doing a bang-up job, aren't they? God, these... Wait, are they still giving credit to ISIS? Yes. Like, per... I, to... I swear! Are you getting caught up on that every episode? Now? Why are they doing this? <laughs> this bucks the hell out of me. So that way, yeah, because they're trying to paint ISIS as media savvy. Uh, so I'm face palming right now, you guys. So I am face palming. If you paid attention to that last couple of clips, you yes. know that ISIS has been having a great couple of weeks yes. uh, in their book. Yeah. Apparently, these ice, uh, airstrikes are doing crap. Thousand new foreign fighters new coming affiliates. In, into Syria, of course. By the way, every clip has mentioned Syria and Iraq. There are now oh, and Iraq, of course. Mm. Now six. Now we have a new number: sixteen thousand total foreign fighters. That's our new number. 16,000 there, nearly 3,000 are Westerners. Oh! I suspect that the airstrikes are an additional motivating factor for some who want to go fight. Huh. So the airstrikes are a motivating factor. Wait a minute. So, so wait. So, is so he, wait, he's, he's saying... Say, no, he's saying that when, since we're putting air, uh, boots when you, in the air... When you bomb people... We're encouraging more people to go fight? Is that what he's saying? Got it. It just doesn't make any sense, but I think that's what he's trying to say. Today, the FBI director warned it's extremely difficult to identify Americans trying to join ISIS. Now, what's interesting about that is, uh, and I don't have the clip on this computer because I just recently reinstalled, we played a clip a few weeks ago where Kami said they were tracking every single American that was in Syria. Yeah, even the girls that tried to go over there. Yeah. yeah. And they were tracking them completely. Yep. Uh, and they said, you think you have all of them? And he said, yes. So it's funny that he's, now that they're saying, now, now, now they're saying we don't, we don't have them. Hmm. The challenge of the traveler phenomenon is... The traveler phenomenon. <laughs> it's, there's no typical profile. No, yeah, you know, they're just flying everywhere. These, these civilians. NATO's top commander worries the fighters will return home and launch attacks. Lone wolves don't plug into networks, and so it's a tougher problem. Now, this is a Pentagon official talking about this. I think this matters. And you've seen some increased security across many of the European nations. That's the NATO Supreme Allied Commander. It's a war getting more complicated every day. The Syrian al-Qaeda affiliate, the al-Nusra Front, has taken key areas of northern Syria, according to activists. Pushing out U.S.-backed rebels. Now, a U.S. military training program for the rebels may be a long shot. It's really hard for me to conceive of 
you know, the, the, so, the so-called moderate opposition actually coming back and becoming a real force on the battlefield. In Iraq, forces there are making some progress, but it's not enough. A senior U.S. military official tells CNN U.S. military advisors are pressing the Iraqi army to prepare for major offensives. Hey, Chase, does that military advisor have a machine gun, or is that just me? Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Not that prob- one, but the one before him? Yeah, maybe? yeah, yeah, no, yeah, he has a, yeah. That's a hell of an advisory role. Well, you got to be safe, Chris. In the coming weeks and months, with at least three critical targets, retaking the city of Mosul, bringing the oil refinery and city of Baji back under full Iraqi control, and winning back El Anbar province, the critical western approaches to Baghdad, which the U.S. has vowed to keep safe. But even a modest effort will require thousands of Iraqi troops trained, equipped, and motivated to fight, something that has not yet fully happened. Wow. Wow. That hasn't happened for a decade. <laughs> That's true. So uh, you heard your buddy there, the Supreme Allied Commander of NATO, mention the lone wolf phenomenon. I want to pick up on a thread from last week about that uh, NYC hatchet attacker. Oh, who- yeah, yeah. For some reason, this is a lone wolf attack. This is a radicalized lone wolf, and here's why they believe so. Seven seconds. That's all it took for a man using an axe to attack four New York City police officers on a street in broad daylight, and it's all caught on camera. Now, to me, this guy looks like a crazy, deranged SOB that probably hates the state of the police in New York and, and was angry. And he just went off. That kind of seems like all it is to me. Yeah. But they take it from there. So first of all, look at really, really a big font. Lone wolf attack in New York City. Lone wolf attack. So just because you have an axe and you attack a police officer, it's you're, a, you're it's yeah, it's terrorism. You're, you're an ISIL terrorist. It's a, it's it's a domestic terrorist. Zoom in. Dramatic. Zale Thompson, 32 years old, unemployed. He had a few arrests in his past but for minor incidents in California. He wasn't on any law enforcement radar, seemed to be keeping to himself. Police say you can see him hiding behind a bus shelter. He bends over to take an ax out of a backpack and then goes running down the street to randomly attack these four officers, hitting one of them in the head and one of them in the arm. Now, no mention of the fact that they shot some bystanders. The NYPD and Joint Terrorism Task Force has been trying to put together... The Joint Terrorism Task Force. Mm. The Joint Terrorism Task Force. Mm. A detailed look at what was going on in his life. And they say that he was anti-American. Anti-American. What does that mean exactly? Do not know what that means? Does that mean like what? You disagree with what's going on with our country? You disagree with politics? What does that mean? If I told you that I thought that there was... You hate apple pie! If I told you I thought there was egregious income equality in the United States of America. Chris, shut up. You're and anti- at the top Chris, elite- you're anti-American. Right. I mean, couldn't, if, if I, yeah. if I yeah. had a blog post or, you know, said that into a podcast that was being recorded and published on the internet, you could potentially label me as anti-American. When in reality, like, it's, it's my concern for America that makes me say that. Well, you know, Chris, you do hate baseball. Anti-white. I do hate the white man. <laughs> Anti-government. <laughs> Now, uh, anti-government. Now, see, I go back to... Right. I know you've seen this clip. Is the next one anti-something? And self-radicalized. Ah, damn it! Self-radicalized. Now, am I, am I self-radicalized? 
A little bit. Right? I can't comment on that, Chris. In the months leading up to this attack, he had visited literally hundreds of websites. Okay. That- wait, 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 wait. That follows me. I've visited hundreds. This is me. I've visited hundreds of websites. So have I. I visit many websites late at night, every single night. I may have visited a a hundred today. I I have my favorites. But what I'm trying to to say, I, I mean... And in the days before the attack, sources tell us, he barely left his room. Now, how could they possibly know that other than they're looking at his the, his internet history and looking at when the page loads yeah. and determine, oh, he was at his computer so much. What, right if, what if he has dial-up? What if he has a really slow connection? Screen. Among the videos... Let's play that again, because that's so good. ...of websites. And in the days before the attack, sources tell us, he barely left his room. He was right in front of the computer right? screen. Among the videos he was watching, police say... ISIS videos. ISIS videos. Beheadings. Al-Qaeda propaganda. Okay, I've looked at all of that in the last couple of weeks just for this show. Wait, wait, wait. Notice, by the way, so they're using this graphic. Yeah. Little little producers know. Yeah. It's hard to see, but focus, out of focus at the top result is a CNN.com video. You're right. (laughs) So, so, so. I mean, there's some YouTube stuff, but there's some CNN stuff. So I guess if I- Hey, is that on filter? Al-Qaeda propaganda. They also know that the day before he ran down that New York City street, he was watching news videos of the terror attack in Canada. From CNN. Now, okay. He was looking at, he was looking at, so, so one of the FBI's criteria is if you are staying informed, you might be a risk. Those of the terror attack in Canada. Breaking news overnight on the shootings Wednesday by a man that Canada's prime minister is calling a terrorist. One thing is clear, authorities say. This man was indeed self-radicalized, appears to be a lone wolf attack, and that, they say, is the hardest thing to try to prevent. So we need more powers. We need more surveillance capabilities. I don't understand. I really don't understand that whole aspect where, all right, so if I want to be informed and I want to know what's going on, and there are some weekends, Chris, that I don't leave my home. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess I could fall under this exact yeah. label, right? Yeah. yeah. The, the exception, I don't, I don't want to kill and murder anybody. And like, uh, if I retweet some, like, uh, uh, somebody's, like, like if I retweet a, a Glenn Greenwald uh, tweet, am I anti-government? This is, this is... What they are now defining as as, that, as self-radicalizing is so is, scary and broad. It's so broad and, and in general. You know, and you know the worst thing about it is, I mean, our audience is smart. I know our audience doesn't think this you way. You could fit almost anybody into any of these but categories. You're right. You're right. Any and and but what I was going to say is, our audience is smart, so I don't. They don't think this way. But everybody's probably a okay with this. Listless labeling, and they don't say, well, you know, it, it doesn't. It doesn't it, affect it, me. It almost makes thinking outside the official narrative. Illegal, and if you go too far outside of it, they can get you. Like, and 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 they take this this poor screwed up person that attacked these poor police officers, and they spin it into this fear machine. And CNN releases this with this special music and the text. What what they don't talk about is why was he unemployed? Okay, did he have any mental illness? Right. Obviously, he did. Yeah. Because most people don't want to put an axe (laughs) in somebody's head. Right. 
But instead of addressing that, no. instead of addressing, well, he's a he was a totally rational human being who just became self radicalized, right? Like anybody can because but, Google. But here's the thing: we're going to get, we'll probably get a note, we'll probably get an email saying, "How, how dare us defend this guy?" He 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 we're attempted not defending this guy. No, well, but no, but someone will think that we are. But we're, what we're trying to say is, look at the whole effing picture here. Yeah, I know it's creepy. It's it's creepy. And, and, but the the person, you know, if we played this clip and played what we said to the average person on the street, they would think that a well, of course he's a he's a terrorist. Of course he is. He stayed at his computer looking at terrorist clips. It's all about a pushing from CNN. It's so clear they are pushing an agenda. It's it, it, obviously they are trying to create this narrative of the lone wolf, the self radicalization, looking at videos. That- well, Chris, since you know, since we, it's so hard to predict, what we need to do, Chris, is we need to have the government kind of look at what we're looking at the internet. Right. I mean, really, that's the only true way for us to it be fully like, safe. It seems like at, at the at the higher level, that's yeah. the broader justification. Yep. Is lone wolfing is becoming more of a problem? We got all these lone wolfers out there because of Google and YouTube, so we got to watch all of the things. But but man, Chris, you got to be careful. I mean, do you use a, a VPN sometimes? Sometimes, you know, yeah. yeah. Gosh, if you use a VPN, you might be trying to cover your tracks right. because you don't want us to see what you're doing. Yeah. You might be a terrorist. So this, what we are seeing here is a total and complete failure of the media to actually be the fourth estate. They are completely and totally a joke. Because and, they don't want to lose the access that they have with the White House, the Pentagon, the oh, mil- yeah. everything. Well, and they, it makes them money yeah. uh, at being part of the establishment. But did you hear this story about in Russia, they tore down the Steve Jobs monument because Tim Cook, Tim, Tim Cook came out as gay? Did you hear about this? No. Really? No. Really? Serious? No. Really? Really? You Google search it while I play this clip. Russia this morning, a tribute to Apple Steve Jobs is missing. It came down one day after the company's current CEO announced that he's gay. Elizabeth Palmer is in London with evidence that shows a connection. Elizabeth, good morning. Good morning, Gail. Well, this tribute was actually... All right, so search... I found it. Steve Jobs' monument. Okay, okay you got it there? Yeah, I found a Colt Mac uh, article. Right, oh, you found... you found. Okay, so don't don't spoil it. Don't oh. spoil it. That's the that's what really is going on. So listen oh, to this clip. Okay, okay. Right. A monument, okay. a six-foot-tall sculpture of an iPhone, and it was put up by a corporate consortium known as ZEFS as a memorial to Steve Jobs. So there they it are took taking it down. Four men, only a few minutes to take the memorial down and cart it away from the courtyard of a college in St. Petersburg. So this monument comes down. It's on the top of Tech Meme. It's on Slashdot. It's on all of. It's on TechCrunch. Okay. It's on all the all sites. Right. Right. Russians take down the Steve Jobs monument because Tim Cook came out as gay. Well, that Cult of Mac article that you have right there, they did something that's called journalism, <laughs> and they they contacted the university, and it turns out. The university actually distributed notices the day before Tim Cook even came out that because the display had malfunctioned, they were going to be removing it because there was a huge-ass event going on there right now. And so they took the monument out. It had nothing to do with Tim Cook. It it says here, the press service for the St. Petersburg State University of Information Technology, that's a long title, insists that it was actually notified that the statue was going to be removed the day before Tim Cook came out publicly because its screen sensor was faulty. Right. But no, of course, you know. Only last year may have been short-lived. But Russians, especially the young, will continue their long-term love affair, both with the company he founded... Look, how, look at this, how they paint, like... 
She's so and in fact, Charlie, many of President Putin's inner circle, including Russia's own prime minister, are known to be devoted to their Apple gadgets. Mm. So the whole the whole point is to point Russians as a whole bunch of anti-gays. But in reality, the, the stat they had nothing to do with Tim Cook. I just thought it's just interesting how the media paints. Does that, that mean that the rainbow Apple logo is coming back? I actually, if you think of their last tease for the last event, there was the rainbow logo. Ah. Uh, so this uh, next clip is just it plays in our continuing war against Russia series. NATO's commander in Europe has asked the Pentagon to send more troops. He wants to offer reassurance to alarmed allies over the claims Russian militaries have been massing on the Ukrainian border. NATO has expressed alarm over Russian jets and bombers that have been on training flights over the Baltic and Black Seas in recent days. The alliance claims that they've violated European airspace and fighter jets were launched to escort them away. But Russia's defence ministry denied any intrusion. And journalist Ased Beg believes that the scaremongering is just a pretext for a further NATO build-up in the region. The US will probably agree to have uh, troops there. It it serves their purpose. It serves the expansionist uh, uh, agenda. Uh, So I think that they will happily send uh, troops there. What we're witnessing is a long-term plan of NATO expansionism. Um, And I think that many of the Western media outlets are kind of missing uh, the point on this. And this is obviously a move to antagonize uh, Russia and uh, seen as uh, as an offensive uh, move rather than a defensive one because actually if you look at a map of uh, NATO bases across uh, Europe it's actually NATO that's infringing and pushing on the borders of Russia not the other way around it's not a move towards peace uh, but I think that many people actually realize that no putting NATO troops on your soil doesn't actually help the situation it actually makes it worse yeah I think that pretty much sums it up uh, so we are continuing to expand closer and closer I'm sure Putin won't mind I'm sure he's fine with that I don't think we'll have any problems with that. Do you, Chase? No, I don't think so. Either. So uh, uh, the elections uh, here in the U.S. were big uh, for marijuana. That's right. And it's time to end the show on an extended high note because oh, we got yeah. a lot of great news. <clears throat> yeah, we do. Uh, I'll start uh, where the uh, our local news had where America landed on marijuana. Another hot button issue during the election, whether or not to legalize medical marijuana in the state of Florida. Now, Amendment 2 needed 60% of the vote to pass. You can see there it fell just a little bit short of that. Now, the man out in front of medical marijuana, Attorney John Morgan, tweeted, we needed 60%, we came close. Isn't it weird that you can now have... They needed a supermajority? Yeah, and you can now have a country where in some states it's totally legal for anybody over a certain age to smoke whenever they want, and then you have other areas where they still can't even get it medical. We tried our best. This is only the first battle. We will win this war. He is in this thing to win it, uh, whether it's tonight or whether it's in the legislative session or whether it is on the 2016 ballot. So they're going to keep trying. Uh, they'll keep trying. But Florida, so Florida didn't have the best results. No. But other places. A lot places, of old people in Florida. But, you know, up in Alaska and places like that, things are. Uh, Alaska, Guam, Oregon, Washington, D.C. Yeah. Have all passed it. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing about Washington, D.C. is they couldn't tie it to tax revenue because they don't actually don't have the, uh, uh, the legal authority to include that. It actually comes from Congress uh, because of the way the district is set up. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Oregon is going to model it out. After the state of Washington, Alaska is going to model it after Colorado. Um, and now everybody's kind of keeping their eyes and looking at California as well, which right. is probably the next big thing that's going to happen. I'm going to play. Let's see if this clip has a little bit on the stats, I think. 
These are all using the same news And now service. back to Measure 91. POT supporters lost a similar measure. It was really only two years ago that that was on the ballot. This time, though, victory. And we should stress POT not legal right now. In fact, you won't be able to legally possess marijuana until next July. Here's a look at the results. Right now, the yes vote ahead with 54% to 46%. And of course, that has been declared passing. We have team coverage on the win for pot supporters. Let's begin with Mark Hanrahan, live in southeast Portland wow, tonight, that. Mark. Six-way shot. Yeah, I know, right? We can leave it at that, though. The, the whole clip is linked in the uh, show notes if you guys want to so, so, So the question is, uh, Chris, uh, more and more states now are... Uh, are falling. There's a, this is the great uh, graphic here uh, that shows where it's legal. Yep. Where it's legal for just medical only. Where it's been decriminalized. Yeah. Where it's medical and decriminalized, and all the states in that kind of yellowish color is still fully illegal. So um, I think what's telling is uh, the places that had it up for recreational all passed. Yep. So that's interesting. Yep. Um, if Florida, I guess, is an anomaly. And probably an indicative of... Well, actually, Florida, it technically would have passed if it was just a simple majority. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they need a, a so Which means it's going to happen soon. It's going to happen. The, the question is, Chris, now, maybe Sir. this is a semi-red book prediction, maybe not. Mm. Now we're seeing more states come in the fold. You know, it's not just us in Colorado anymore, mm-hmm. which is nice. Mm-hmm. Granted, it's going to take, you know, a year plus for every these, oh, these states to set up rules. Oh, man. And they're going to go through the same mumbo-jumbo we had right. to go through. But uh, what do you think, Chris? I mean, is it, I mean, obviously the dominoes are starting to fall very, very slowly. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what do you think the timeline is? I, I still think you know it's going to be a gradual approach. Well, I wonder if any of these ninety uh, federal uh, judge appointments will have anything to do with this, and also the replacement of Eric Holder. I wonder if that will have any influence, uh, because the big unknown really is the federal response. Uh, at the state level, the more states that flip over, it's going to put more pressure on the federal level to uh, play ball. So the more states that flip over before there's confrontation, the better. However, there, at some point, there's going to have to be a resolution of this conflict between states legalizing it and it being illegal at the federal level. So right. far, Colorado and Washington seem to have gotten under the radar. But a big part of that has been because of a mandate policy from Eric Holder. Uh, I don't like Eric Holder at all. But the one thing that he did was sort of help grease the wheels on this a little bit. And so with him stepping out and now uh, the Republicans controlling the Senate, who knows? Do you think this is something that could be solved by just President Obama just going, I'm going to so – you know, no. I love my executive orders. No. no it, I'm just going to write another one. They overplay what the executive orders are really yeah, capable of. Executive orders for the most part can only – well, you know – could he just remove it from the list? I wonder, actually, if maybe that is something that an executive order could impact. Yeah. Now I think about it. I mean, hell, he can freaking pardon somebody. Why couldn't he just remove Well, and the and the classification is technically a, a federal uh, yeah. schedule. So yeah. I wonder, Chase. That's a good question. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's one of those interesting things. And uh, what I want to see is let the – finally let the government get involved in actually testing it on, on a medical standard – you know, just to get the truth out there, because right now they still haven't been able to do that to show any of the positive aspects of marijuana and the medical side of things because of the federal law. Yeah, they haven't been they haven't been able to put any one dollar of public money into a research study, a legitimate. I mean, we've already seen all these other projects and studies that have been done, but you know, we can't do it officially. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've seen it internationally; mm-hmm. it's been well proven. But no, there's still old white guys in Washington. It's going to be a slow march forward. 
and uh, I, I think uh, Washington so far hasn't been a great model to follow. Colorado has been a better model to follow. Right. And I, 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 well, that comes down to how I think the industries. I mean, the medical side of it was, you know, how they were formed initially, right? You know, and, and setting up new industries. You know, one thing that still kind of bugs me to this day, uh, at least here in the state of Washington, is now, yeah, we've we've legalized marijuana. It's legal here. Uh, yet, I can still not play online poker. That's a felony. <laughs> you always, oh, it man, still Chase. bugs the hell out and of me. And that, people, is what grinds my gears. Tom? <laughs> but it's true. You're so you just got you are a one track minded man, my friend. You really are. When it comes I mean there's there's just certain things that just defy logic in my in my small little world of yeah. me. Yeah. And those that's that's one of them. So uh it's Chase's choice. Chase's uh in choice. fact uh, why don't I here I'll give you a little uh little background music. Ooh, very nice. So Chase's choice. We're gonna end the show on a clip. Okay. Alright. Your choices are, my friend. Alright. Now keep in mind I almost, I almost, I almost wonder if, uh, well, all right, all right. So here is, here are your choices. All right. The CNN election night in America teaser, which is just so great. Uh, uh, so ridiculous. Man, that's going to be, all right. I'm already leaning that way and I don't even know the second choice, but all right, go ahead. Or. Because I'm a big production buff. Hmm. Okay. All right. I'm trying to make a, trying to pick a good one. All right. The other one, uh, you know what? I'll pick one that's close to your heart. All right. Big money pours into Washington State gun control referendums, our local Washington State. Oh, it's God. close to your heart. Nah, it's a tough first, choice. The, hold, the, on, the, hold, on, nah. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The second one pisses me off to no end, so we're going with the number one. All right, so the second one will be in the supporter sink, plus many, many other clips in the overtime folder. Because it's a feel-good law that will not make a difference. Good. These are the last moments of a midterm slugfest. It is really important that we regain control of the Senate. They're really running against the president, aren't they? This is the last word on a campaign to shake up the U.S. Capitol. This, by the way, is the intro they play to the Situation Room. This is what the intro to Wolf Blitzer is. Really? Yeah. And state capitals across the nation. South Carolina. In the state of Ohio. Texas. This is the last election to shape his final two years in office. And they will try to divide us. And they'll try to distract you. Don't buy it. Tonight, Republicans aim to take back the Senate for the first time since the Bush presidency. It will all come down to about a dozen make-or-break races. There is nobody Barack Obama wants to beat worse than Mitch McConnell. The Senate's top Republican could get a promotion or he could go home if his toughest opponent in decades wins. I don't know whether to call Senator McConnell, Senator No-Show, Senator Gridlock, or Senator Shutdown. It's a night of razor-close contests. I, I want to watch this movie. Scott Brown really <laughs> understands New Hampshire. You see on her sign, she's putting New Hampshire first. Since when? Colorful personalities. I grew up castrating hogs on an Iowa farm. <laughs> Can you believe they're doing I want to watch this movie. Can you believe CNN? Is this coming out on Friday? This is what is wrong with America right here, everybody. Look at this. I want to go watch this movie. Look upon this world and judge us. Judge us. Look at the chat room. The chat room. <laughs> look at the chat room. Look at, the, look at this. This is what is wrong with our political system. This is the money that has infected the mainstream media that misinforms the public. This is what's wrong with America. Bitter grudge matches. Yeah. This guy ran away from the state and he wants his job back. We want to make... Florida, Scott Free. 
and some of the uh-huh. biggest names in politics poised to run for the presidency. I believe with all my heart that this midterm election is a crucial one. The good thing about this election is it's a really clear choice. This is CNN's coverage of election night in America, the fight for Congress, the battles for governor, and the issues Americans care about most. These races are going to be unbelievably tight. The people are choosing, the world is watching, and anything is possible until the last vote. (laughs) Wait. He's uh, like Sylvester Stallone going to show. Are we watching Crimson Tide? Is, is the submarine going to come out of the water? <laughs> and Sean Connery, down? dude. Welcome to the Rock. I guess uh, our our unfiltered coverage was not quite God, as exciting that as that. Awesome! That God. was the best ever. Ooh. You know what? Uh, I'm not going to lie. I uh, got I got a little bit of a chubby on that. It's a little bit of one. You know, Chris, we should start every show like that, but. Just in case we can't. We can always go to the unfiltered subreddit. That's right, buddy. And get our motivations from there. In fact, uh, you could give us a little idea of what you'd like to see covered in this here show. Unfiltered.reddit.com. Vote. Comment. Submit. Comment is the key. I, yeah. I love we to see more of the that. conversations. Hey, we need more of that. Yeah, more comments. Yeah, more, more comments. comments. And Especially you know, some of the stuff we specifically asked for this and episode. And I'm guilty. I should jump in and comment as well. Now, by the way, speaking of commenting, Chris, people can follow you on the Twitter at ChrisLAS. That's a great recommendation, Chase. And, you know, next week we might be an hour later than we normally are on the live stream. That's right. You'd find out about that by either going to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar or twitter.com slash chrislas. Yeah, that's right, where you can talk about and see what you've got going on. What about on. Are you on Twitter? You should try it, buddy. I do the Twitter thing. You it's, signed up. I am at Nunes, N-U-N-E-S. Oh, by the way, this picture. Not Seattle. I took this picture. Not Seattle. Yeah, that, that was my picture. Not the Pacific Northwest. That was the World Series. And by the way, last week at this time, it was game seven. I was on my way quickly out yeah, the door. Yeah. And the Giants are the champions of baseball. Yes! Not Seattle. No. You still podcasting, Chase? (laughs) Yes. Geekgamer.tv. We just did a huge Halloween special. Oh! uh, People created haunted houses in Minecraft. There's some incredible stuff. You got to check it out. That sounds spooky. It was really cool. A lot of fun. Yeah. We got to get Angela to come on and and, and talk about the Minecraft stuff she's been doing or not been doing. All right, so uh, join us live, won't you? We do the show on Wednesdays over jblive.tv, jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar. Go to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash contact to send us an email. Please. We'd love to see you here. Yes. It'd be great. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for tuning in this week's episode of Unfilter. You know what I think we'll do? I we'll think see we'll see you right back here next, next week. week. That's the show. All right, guys. Head over to jbtitles.com, jbtitles.com, and make sure you're doing your due diligence and vote. I'm not. I'm not. Boy, I'm this hour later stuff. I'm freaking out, Chase. I'm freaking out. I'm wearing to right. get all tight. I need uh, so your, your your question or your your assistance on this one. Chat room, wow. please feel free. Wow. Can you show on my screen real quick Sure, here? buddy. Sure, right. buddy. So sure, what buddy. I do is do on- podcast. I do podcasts. What? Yeah. Since when? Since like now. Oh, I thought you've been doing it for like eight or nine years. Yeah, I have. Oh. 
Stop bringing up my dream, Chris. You're the one that brought up yours. No, I was talking about this. All right, so check this out, you guys. So every uh, episode of Minecraft Me, Geek Gamer stuff, whatever I do, anything that I post, I also like to put on Google+. And I love Google+, because it engages the audience. But here's what I don't understand how Google+, works. Every post that I put up there, <laughs> maybe, maybe I get 10, maybe 12 pluses. You know, people like liking it, but it's called pluses. You know, they click the plus button. Yeah. This post has 149 Oh wow, that's it incredible. It has comments from people I don't know. I, I, I maybe I, you got featured in like a How does that happen? Got to be that hashtag, right? I well, I had Minecraft. hashtag #minecraft, hashtag #mojang, the and hashtag #halloween. It probably should be something to do with the elections our title, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I I would say elections 2014. That's what mm. I know it's generic. Ah, that's horrible. I know. It's pretty good, but, but it's horrible. I, I don't understand how this works. I don't either. It's it's the weirdest thing like, you know what else is weird? I no, I do uh, icon. I do hashtag Minecraft on all the Minecraft related posts. I can't even posts. tell you the last time I've seen one of your posts on Google Plus. And I just recently, for the first time yesterday, saw a post from Eric for the first time on Google Plus. So it, you're getting curated. I, it's the worst. Well, do you have your Google Plus set up so you see things from your friends and stuff? I'm just or? doing. No, I, I just made the main Google Plus. Hey, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know Chase, weird. they have an algorithm which features you to your friends. Well, no. Well, here's the thing: these What's are not my friends. Whoa. I don't know these people at all. Screw those guys, right, Chase? And the thing is, I do hashtag Minecraft and all my Minecraft related posts. I never get this kind of response. It's probably, ever. It's probably that hashtag cunnilings you did there. I guess. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean it's cool to, to get new exposure and all. But I just find it very, very weird. JVTitles.com. Everybody, go boat. Go moat. So in the boat. Uh, I have. I. I I tried to use Firefox and it went really badly. The this new morning. Firefox? No, I just just whatever the latest oh. is. It went really badly this morning for me, so I'm back on Chrome, but I'm going to try to pick it back up tomorrow. Okay. Oh, it was bad. Just for those people who are watching, who've been watching since Linux Unplugged, to follow the continuity between Linux Unplugged and Tech Talk today and this show. I, there must be maybe one or two of you out there. Electric that running castrations Chrome. 2014 <laughs> just submitted. Oh, all right. The castration of America is up there. I don't really like that too much though. Uh, oh, now we're broken off into a show not listed. What's going on there? You know, WWNSX, it's okay. If someone can add you, uh, the thing is, you don't have to add them back. So you don't have to follow them back. They're just kind of following you, just like on Facebook. We need to, okay, all right, we got to focus. We got to focus. Yeah. Uh, all right, everybody I'm just focus. Talking to right, chats. I know, everybody focus. We got to get something to do with the elections, something good with the elections, something. We got to get something, right? I mean, because it was mostly elections. I mean, we had some ISIS stuff in there. But right, I mean, because all I'm seeing here is I'm not seeing I'm not, I'm seeing a lot of stuff, Chase. I'm seeing a lot of stuff. I can't really put my finger on it, but it's mostly it's shit. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and I want to give them. You know what they want, right? You know they all want. You know what they want. Yeah. I want to give it to them too, but I can't give it to them if we don't find a title. But I want, and I want to give them the long I know, one. Too. I know. I know. I know. I know. I want to give know. them the long one, Chris. I know. I want the long. I one. I know, Chris. But we gotta have a title. I know. Okay, we still right. have time. Let's put this. We have still have time. Well, we're burning megabytes here. I know. All right, let's I get understand. This we're, we're, I, gonna, I understand. we're gonna get it together, everybody. Shh, Chris, Chris, it's it's gonna happen. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. That's how we go. That's how we roll. Ah, <laughs> uh, I could do a little Stallman rap. Yeah. It's negative in the freedom. Dimension. Get it out of here. There you go. There's your stomach rap. All right, jbtitles.com. <clears throat> All right, it has to. Uh... Something good, Chase. Something that. Uh... 
Something that even if you didn't care about the elections, you'd still want to watch. Boy, that's that's probably a... What's with the castrations? Come on, there was one mention of castration in the show. Holy crap. It's all it's all nothing but castrations in there. All right. Got a whole mine lot is of- going to be... I'm, I know you might not love my, like mine, but oh, here's God. I'm throwing mine in the, in the right. pot. Okay, mine is going to be the... It's Democrat midterm yeah, it disaster. It was funny, I guess. There you go. Democratic midterm disaster. That's pretty great. That's Democrat. Democrat? Oh, Democrat. sorry. <laughs> I meant, uh, Democrat. You're right, you're right. Not Democrat. <laughs> it is catchy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Democrat midterm disaster. Because, I mean, really, it was a disaster for them. That would make people that are right or left want to tune in. Exactly. Yeah. Well, what I use is the picture of uh, McConnelly. Yeah, and like he's like, yeah, you know, yeah, do yeah, that. yeah, and ha- give them like a red tint because you know Democrat uh, Republicans are, you know, they're red. Democrat Armageddon. Democrat midterm disaster. That's what I'm going with. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yep. It's pretty good. That's what I'm going with. All right, everybody, let's organize the JB titles, and you'll get what you get if you know what you mean. What I'm on. Ooh. Oh. I tell you oh. what. I tell you what. Elected castrations, 2014. Democraft midterm. You got Minecraft on the mind, my friend. I I blame I blame everybody. That's that's fair. It's probably just good. Just a a, a blanket blame. Blanket blame. Blanket blame. Hundred and twenty one chase. <laughs> stupid. That's how many stupid episodes we've done. They're All not right. stupid. You're stupid. You've got two boats on your title right now. Two mo. Well, I, it just got submitted. Yeah, like a like two minutes ago. The castration of America has fourteen boats. Yeah, but it doesn't work. I know. Sorry. Minecraft in the title would rock. <laughs> well, we'll adjust it to say Democrat midterm disaster. By the way, in an unrelated, un, un, totally unrelated statement. It's a complicated relationship. Wirecast 6 is out. Yeah, I saw that. I saw it. Was, should I do it? Yes, you should. Really, dude? You should. Dude, I have... I gotta do daily shows, man. Are you I know. sure I should? Yes, because it runs twenty four seven. So, so let me let me tell you some some good things because I've been testing it out for a while. I now. know, yeah. All right, so playlists rock. You will never have to do the screen cap thing ever again okay. for that. Okay. Screen uh, the lower CPU usage. It also, if you have loads of memory in your system, which I know you do, it can now take advantage of all of that, which is great. Okay. Okay. But they now have keyboard shortcuts. You can group. All your shots, like shots and layers, to one thing, which is really nice. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. So, for example, you have five layers, right? So, let's say you have a lower third on one layer. You have your shot on another layer. And let's say your audio source on another layer. One button for all three. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, if you get the pro version, which I know because you're a pro. Well, I have pro version five. New Twitter integration. What? Yeah. So stupid it tweets so, when you go live. No, 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 no. Better than that. Right. You have a lower third, uh, a, a, a built-in lower third. So if anybody uses a hashtag, say like say hashtag unfilter, their tweet would come up on the air. Oh, we got to start doing that. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. Okay. Uh, it hasn't been released yet because it's still in testing. But iOS cameras. Uh, so you'll you'll have a Wirecast app for your phone and Wi-Fi cameras, so you could have. An, an iOS I want, source I want that. as a camera. I want that. That's coming soon, not out yet. That's, I want that. Um, and it's 64-bit. Yes, it, it is 64-bit. And uh, Well, F, Chase. Yeah, I know. Demo- All right, Democrat midterm disaster is pulling ahead now as our top legitimate vote. 
That's pretty good. I think you've won them over, Chase. Wow, look at you, man. Look at you maneuvering it. What do you th- you came in at the last minute and submitted something that I, I feel th- like a politician. You're going to win a, you're going to you want you you're running away with the votes, Chase. And not only that, but I think you unlocked a special treat. I think you did. Here we go. Here ladies you go. And just for you guys. Here just we go. For you I'm guys. Off laughing. This is Break what I say. <laughs> Should we do it again? This is what I say. No hanging chads, yo. This is what I say. One more time. You guys, all of you who didn't vote because you think your vote doesn't matter or it doesn't count, and I'm speaking to you guys in the U.S. here, if you don't think it matters, make sure your voice is heard in some other way, either by supporting the show, reaching out and talking to people, you name it. But don't just sit there on the couch. And remember, let's all take a lesson from Victoria Newland. When you're saying fuck the EU, don't do it on an unsecured line, because otherwise we're going to play the crap out of that. Every single show. All right, everybody. Thanks for being here. See you next week. We love you, supporters. Giants are the champions. Yes. Yes.